pass the duchy from the left hand side. Welcome, everyone, to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Once again, I am BenMan89, and with me is Bro. Andrew, bro. <laughs> you know, it wasn't too, uh, <laughs> wasn't too creative this time. I was trying to think of one. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, whatever. Bro, that's my name. Andrew, bro. And uh, the bros will be celebrating this week because it not, <laughs> it's not only the... 30th anniversary of Batman Returns, but also the 27th anniversary of Batman Forever. And as we're going to cover in this episode, in another world, we could have seen Jack Nicholson's Joker cameo in both. Though, it's also the 17th anniversary of Batman Begins, but that's not as relevant to uh, to this episode specifically. We'll cover <laughs> Batman Begins at another time uh, on this. But today, we are going to cover, as I'm going to show here, the unmade return of Jack Nicholson's Joker. So, mm. this thumbnail is by fan of the podcast, Aaron Quinn. You can follow him on Instagram at Aaron Quinn Productions. That's 1A, 2Rs, interesting enough, A-R-R-O-N-Q-U-I-N-N Productions. Uh, so, that is the Joker for the thumbnail, and Aaron will be providing nice. his art for us. And this is a Joker that he had previously done, and I'm like, look, this is perfect, especially I like the eyes, the the light on the eyes and the creepiness of the shadow and the fact that, you know, this is a Joker potentially coming back from the dead in certain instances. So I really liked the idea of this being the image. Nice. Yes. Thank you for this. This is awesome. Yep. Thank you, Aaron. So you'll be seeing more of Aaron's art in the episodes to come. So before we start talking about the return of the Joker, let's talk about the death of the Joker real quick. So... <laughs> Uh, as we know, Joker's pretty fucking dead at the end of Batman 89, and there was kind, there's kind of been a small controversy around this decision. You know, David Goyer flat out called it a mistake uh, at one point. And, <laughs> I got a question. I should probably know this by now. Yeah. But what's the, is it like a laugh box that's laughing at the end? Oh uh, yeah, the thing that's in his, uh, in his front pocket in the coat. I'm pretty sure, yeah, that is some sort of laugh box. That's the, that's so that's what that just kind of starts going off as he's dead. Yeah, which I okay. thought was cool because it kind of gives this it gives this sort of creepiness vibe to that scene. Yeah, it does totally. It's just when I was a kid, I was like, "How's that happening?" Like <laughs> he's is still he, laughing. Yeah. Does the Joker laugh even when he's dead? Yeah, it just so, totally like threw me off. And even as an I adult, I was like, of- "What's going on there?" Yeah, I think that's the effect it's supposed to have, is that sort of like, maybe he's not as dead as we think type of thing. So uh, many fans thought they should have left him alive to fight Batman in a sequel. I think we have to factor in the fact that this is a time where we're not really, like, this is pre-MCU and even before that, where, like, sure, Superman have proven that you can do different movies or multiple movies and stuff, but they they really didn't know if they were going to have another shot at this. Yeah, so, they don't yeah, have yeah. Adam West up at this point. This is yeah. the first dark one. Yeah, so I'm I personally don't really mind as much that Joker dies at the end of this movie, probably because I've grown up with it so much. It's just kind of you accept it when you're already when you're already a kid watching this. What did you think in terms of killing the Joker off? 
it never bothered me. The only thing was the laugh box thing. It just that was confusing. The rest of it I thought was cool, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, him uh like falling off the ledge like that. I don't know. I had no problem with it really myself. Yeah. Goyer, yeah. you know, he doesn't not everything he says is gold. <laughs> Like the She-Hulk stuff? Like the She-Hulk stuff and whatnot. Disney Plus in August. Yeah. He's probably trying. He's David Goyer has probably (laughs) turned down so many interviews. Like in the ramp up to She-Hulk. what do you think about She-Hulk, David? (laughs) No. Again, if you're new to this podcast, just Google David Goyer She-Hulk. And you and you will be in force a ride of your life. Indeed, well, not really, yes. but it's 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 you know, it's not the wokest thing anybody ever said. Right. <laughs> so Goyer thought it was a mistake to kill Joker off, and for a while people did too. It's obviously not as big of a controversy compared to Joker being the one to kill Batman's parents, but it was kind of a, a smaller thing. Uh, it's probably third, second being Alfred letting letting Vicky Vale in the Batcave. Maybe fourth, I guess, if it includes Batman killing people. So still, it's, it's it's on there. So funny enough, almost all of the drafts that we've gone over for this have left Joker alive and arrested. Most of them, that is. You know, the Mankiewicz script, the Burton-Hickson treatment that we covered the previous week, the, the you know, the gold that is the Bob Kane treatment. Joker's still alive in that, you know. At, at least <laughs> gave right. room for him to be alive in the Steve, Steve Englehart treatments where he falls, but he falls into water. So there's always that kind of... The uh, feeling of like, ah, well, right, right. that's survivable. And funny enough, that's what happened in, we covered the newspaper strip that sort of continues it where it is Joker still trying to escape from Batman after having threatened Vicky Vale and tries to go up to the helicopter and ends up falling, but he ends up falling, quote unquote, to his apparent death in Gotham Bay. And of course, it turns out that's not at all how he died in the in the newspaper strip. He comes back pretending to be the Red Hood. So I like the Jocopter. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine Bob the Goon piloting that. <laughs> yes, sir. He puts on the sunglasses. He's just the thing. He has sunglasses on at night, <laughs> piloting a fucking helicopter. <laughs> Joker's like Bob. You're going a little. <laughs> he puts the, the gla- buildings. He puts see. the glasses on. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bob. You're really not. So- these are these are prescription. <laughs> No, they're not. I'd like to think that they are. Yes. So for those who aren't familiar with what we're looking at here, we did an episode on the newspaper strip that sort of tied in a little bit to the 1989 movie. And the art by is by Marshall Rogers, who worked on the, the major arc of Strange Apparitions that he worked with uh, Steve Englehart. And uh, they kind of carried over the comic book designs, even though like the beginning is very much sort of jumping off from the ending of Batman 89. It's just Did Marshall Rogers have a career in Wild West pictures before comics? Because that name, man. <laughs> Marshall Rogers, like, the guy's a cowboy, right? Tell me he is. Um, I don't know. I, would, I hadn't really <laughs> thought about that beforehand. <laughs> because his first name is Marshall. Marshall and also Rod- yeah. Rogers. Just that combination, man. It's such a yeah. cowboy name. Anyway, I he digress. Got off his horse and he did this art. Yeah, he got off so the horse. Here's what we got. He smoked a dube with Marv Wolfman. Mm. <laughs> Probably <laughs> in real life, maybe. A- so. And um, um, Dick Donner. <laughs> <laughs> that Donner chronic. That Donner chronic man. 
So we basically have the newspaper to look at that sort of incorporates this idea of him falling into water. And we covered how Bill Mesner Loeb's in the writing had him like sort of return as the Red Hood. But that's kind of another version of like an alternate ending of it. But overall, it's really uh, kind of up to speculation by some fans that maybe Jack Nicholson was just too expensive to keep around for one more movie. And that's probably, the, you know, this like the Murphy's Law simplest thing. God, that's got to that's got to be it, man. Well, the thing <laughs> is, if we look at the earlier drafts before Nicholson was cast, the Joker still died at the end. Oh, okay. All right. So while that does make sense, Sam Hamm wrote Joker's death scene of the bats covering Joker as he's trying to get to the copter and ends up falling to his death and falls and he kind of sees the, the explosion of the helicopter in the original draft and sort of dies with a smile on his face. But that was before Nicholson was cast. You know, it was a time when Sam Hamm said his ideal choices for Joker when writing it were Willem Dafoe and the late Ray Liotta. Rest in peace. Mm, rest in peace, man. Yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, Liotta and Dafoe weren't as huge at the time as they were, you know, later on, as well as not nearly as big as Jack Nicholson on that. So it, it does make sense that Nicholson was cast over them, over Ham's own choice. And obviously yeah. the age disparity allowed them to do the whole twist about Joker killing Bruce's parents, which they couldn't have done if it was, you know, Willem Dafoe or Ray Liotta. Liotta would have been good, but I mean, Jack Nicholson just had the humor, like the insane humor. Yeah. I felt like Liotta wouldn't have been like that kind of Joker. It would have been different. Yeah, it would yeah. have been the, the way that Ham wrote Joker in the original script is different from how Nicholson's Joker ended up being and the mm -hmm. kind of altered things just for Nicholson but yeah it's, it's interesting here where like it's uh, if we were to ever have Mr. Ham on the show I would ask like what led to killing off the Joker at the time because it's, oh yeah I'd love to know that you know it, it's it's before it is are we right in thinking that it's because they only had one shot at this and so it's just like well it just makes sense the villain dies at the end like why would you just it feels unsatisfying to just throw him into to Arkham or something you know before right. people, audiences even knew what Arkham was so that's a possibility. I mean, their precedent was sending people to the Phantom Zone with the Super Superman movies, so I could see him like delivering it to Gordon or something. But I don't know. Yeah, it's uh. Yeah, but Superman doesn't actually send them to the Phantom Zone in Superman too. Oh yeah. So <laughs> no, he just throws them down into the abyss. That's the true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've <laughs> seen it, Internet. I just it. forgot. I'm sorry, but yes, yes, this yes, is how yes. We do it. So yeah, we just throw them <laughs> off of cliffs. <laughs> yes, that's right. I've only seen the Donner cut, by the way. I've never theatrical. Anyway, moving they have on. the same fate. In yeah, both versions. Oh, okay. Uh, we will cover Superman two later on this year. We promise. We ha we will. It's have gonna more. happen. Yeah, unmade Superman stuff is coming. I know some people have been asking about that, so that's cool. I think um, one of the things that I'm really curious about when it comes to you know outside of whether or not there was any sort of financial decision about killing off the Joker or whatever, but I'm interested to see Joker, does Jack Nicholson Joker come back as a recurring foe? Because I think not a lot of people talk about how fundamentally different the Batman and Joker dynamic is in Batman 89 compared to the comics. And it's not necessarily mm. a criticism, but I, I think what was interesting when watching the Dark Knight was the whole part, you know, obviously the interrogation scene is a classic, but Joker's whole, like, I don't want to kill you. What would I do about you? That type of thing. Yeah. And that's, that's not something that they made up for The Dark Knight, but it is something that is true to a lot of the past comics, even like before 89, 
uh, after the Golden Age, but before 89, with, you know, Joker's Five Play Revenge or The Laughing Fish of just like, oh, this is a game between Batman right, right. and me. Batman's my ultimate opponent. And he, a lot of things that he does is to get Batman's attention. And that dynamic is not there in Batman 89, mainly because it's Batman and Joker in the beginning stages of their career before they can really set aside or develop a relationship. Can, yeah. <laughs> before they can really confirm what their relationship is. <laughs> so, so what are several we? different. Uh, <laughs> just That's why it was so Lego funny Batman in Lego, movie. Lego Batman. Yeah. yeah. So they only really have one scene together in the cathedral Two, if you're counting the Vicky Vale apartment scene, but Joker doesn't know that Bruce is Batman in that scene. And most of Joker's action through the movie don't really have anything to do with Batman or getting Batman's attention until he challenges Batman to, uh, you know, at the parade at the end. You could say, like, maybe a lot of Joker's motivation is trying to get his attention in a longabout way after Batman drops him in the chemicals. But really, once Jack Napier becomes Joker, he's all set in establishing his criminal empire and poisoning a bunch of cosmetic products. He doesn't really give a shit about Batman that much until Batman steals his press. <laughs> and okay. he doesn't really do much outside of that. So anyway... The dynamic is more of what's in the movie, of the whole I made you, you made me first. Like both guys are fighting who created them in some way, which I think is interesting. So I think it could be interesting to extend that into the type of game that Batman and Joker play in the comics with Joker seeing Batman as his ultimate opponent, ultimate playmate. But sort of in the backdrop is the idea of Joker's the one who killed his parents and Batman's the one who put him into the, you know, vat of chemicals. There's this whole, like, I'm fighting my creator on both sides. So that could have been interesting. Mm. You know, I've never thought about that, but that's that's true with this movie. Yeah. 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 The, whole, the whole creator thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's, that's a fascinating part, and that's something that would have been interesting to continue on. So that leads me into the development of Batman Returns, or as it was first called, Batman 2. This is the movie that is being... You know, it's his 30th anniversary of the week of this uh, release. And so something that was very recently shared was from Sam Hamm. The screenwriter of 89 was originally going to write the sequel. And he recently shared in an interview of Den of Geek that producer Mark Hanton asked him to write a potential return of the Joker in the opening of Batman 2 to bring Nicholson back. So this is something that has been recently released. We have not discussed this before on the podcast because it's we haven't had a chance to. So this is kind of our opportunity to go into it. So I think this is just a pitch. It was not actually written into a draft. So I don't think there's a script version of this. I think it was just a pitch from Ham to the producer. And so the idea was to open Batman 2 in a courtroom with Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent prosecuting. And the defendant is none other than the Joker. Okay. So, this image of Billy D. Williams confronting Jack Nicholson's Joker in the YouTube version is from our fan and patron, Logan Wood, whom you can follow on Instagram, at ShaneHelms121. Thank you very much for this, Logan. This is perfect for, for my purposes here. But the idea was that Joker, <laughs> this is the most far-fetched part of this, the Joker gets wheeled into a courtroom in a full body cast because he survived the fall. <laughs> We're talking much more comedic already. Yeah. You know, uh, I do prefer the image that Logan has here. It was just Nicholson in a straight jacket. Yeah, so, that's a little better. Yeah, because otherwise, I guess that's their excuse to just like not even have Nicholson on the set. He can just ADR it and have someone you know, else. It'd be there. creepy, actually, if it was him without the makeup and he just has the rictus grin because he's in a courtroom setting at this point. If they wanted to go back around to creepy, right? 
Yeah, but he he's... hasn't put on his makeup yet. Yeah, but his makeup is the flesh makeup in '89. Oh, that's like right. His natural skin. I, I'm is fucking the forgetting flesh. everything. This, this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, it'd be creepy if it was Heath Ledger. Yes, Heath. Yes, Heath Ledger style. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. He puts on skin colored makeup to yeah. hide the white. Yes. Yes. So yes, this yes, is yes. natural look in this so yeah 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 that's right he, that's correct it also could have been cool i guess it was a body cast but all you could see are the eyes or no. maybe they paint that skin tone on him to make him presentable for court maybe and then it's he starts sweating or it starts to come off i don't know i'm, I'm starting to imagine this scene now mm. yeah i can I'm, I'm picturing like different versions of it whether it's yeah the makeup stuff or the body cast with just the eyes and you see nicholson's eyebrows and stuff yes uh, <laughs> But I, I do think him in the straight jacket is like the simplest, the best visual to go. Because you really yeah. just, you don't want it to seem like uh, Jack was too expensive to do anything but ADR. So they just wheeled in some stunt double, you know. So yeah, that's, that's not the right move. Of him course. here is, is fine. And, and so the Joker is on the stand and brings up that he knows that Batman is somewhere in the audience. And in order to get back at Batman, he with, quote, the one part of his body that's still working, he presses a trigger that, quote, blows himself, the witnesses, the judge, and everything else to smithereens, and that's how Harvey Dent's face gets scarred. That's crazy. It's insane, yeah. Which also means that we would have seen the death of the Joker again <laughs> in it, though. Right. I mean, it's an explosion. It could be that he found some other way to get out of it, too. And you know, I don't know about that. Wounds, but I don't know, yeah. In this yeah. courtroom, yeah. is there a jar of piss? There is no jar of piss. <laughs> okay, all right. Just wondering, man. I had to ask that for Max Landis. So yes, no, there's no, there's no, <laughs> no jar of piss in this. <laughs> okay. So people may find this slightly familiar, as a version of Harvey Dent prosecuting the Joker was shown in the 1990 newspaper strip that we covered and called the original Batman '89 sequel comic, written by Bill Mesner Loeb's with art by Carmine Infantino, a man of consequence. And John Nyberg. <laughs> That's a man of consequence with a name of consequence, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, it was also considered as a plot line for a Batman Begins sequel with Joker scarring Dent in the courtroom. That's the same interview where Goyer said that killing off the Joker was a mistake in Batman 89. So, mm. uh, But yeah, that is kind of the deleted opening of Batman 2. And unfortunately, due to the fact that uh, you know the studio wanted you know, somebody who was more well-known than Two-Face, they kind of cut the idea. They vetoed the idea of having Harvey Dent turn into Two-Face in Batman 2, even though, if you think about it, it's perfect. You've already got Billy D. Williams planted in the first movie. It's Batman 2, you know, to tie into Two-Face. Oh, yeah, it would have been good. Yeah, and then, you know, Joker being the one scarring him is kind of a natural fit, considering that Joker was the previous villain. But instead, they're like, no, we want the known villains. Known villains, of course, being the... You know the 1966 villains, and Penguin and Catwoman were the choices. So, well, what we got was good, though. Yeah, what we got was you good. Know. They managed to make do. So, imagine Harvey a world without Pfeiffer's Catwoman. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or maybe he could have found some way to bring her into the number two or three. But that's true. It might yeah. not have been. It, it definitely wouldn't have been uh, written the way that Pfeiffer was written in Batman Returns because that was David right. Waters. Right, right, right. So Harvey Dent's turn to Two Faces written out. And since he's not being turned into Two-Face, Joker's cameo is cut. So that entire opening is gone. However, how uh, Ham did find a way to sneak the character in that would have brought Jack Napier back in a flashback, but not played by Jack Nicholson. So 
we've kind of covered this before in our unlimited what Batman Returns <laughs> script deep dive. You can find out what unlimited we're referring to if you don't already know. Like <laughs> not in the first <laughs> second or two. Yes, actually. So Sam Ham's Batman Two script was unmade, and it features the rich families of Gotham getting killed off by Penguin and Catwoman for their Raven statues. Bruce Wayne learns later on that all of the wealthy families, including his own, actually made their fortune off of stolen money many, many, many years ago. And so these Raven statues that they all have inherited point to the location of the original treasure where their wealth comes from. Not fur trapping or whatever the fuck it was in that one, that one script or whatever. Didn't they do like the Waynes were fur trappers or something? Oh, like that's old... uh, Batman versus Superman. That's what Affleck says. Oh yeah, that's right. Selling yeah. pelts to the French. Yeah, it's somewhere in my memory. All yeah. the knowledge. Yes, they, <laughs> the the tutelage. It is, it is, I love the setup though of that that line because of the whole like the Waynes were hunters. Part. In oh yeah, that's true. It's, that's it's one true. of the better scenes of that movie. And they're working with Jonah Hex and Old West Gotham. Yeah, they never they, said that, but I like the idea. Yeah. I, I like, uh, there are a few, I can recommend a few. Maybe we'll have some Patreon coverage of it, of uh, some crossovers of Jonah Hex and the Wayne family. Oh, uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, so Bruce denies that his father, Thomas Wayne, would ever you know, take part in keeping the secret and living off the stolen money. And he finds out that that is the reason why the Waynes were killed. And so we then would have seen archive footage of young Jack Napier, not played by you know, Jack Nicholson, but played by British actor Hugo E. Blick, as we saw in 89, gutting down the Waynes and demonstrating that Jack Napier was not just a random mugger. He was a hired gunman. He was a contract killer contracted by the other four families of Gotham. So it might seem like, oh, wait a minute, there's another twist in the death of the Waynes, but this is actually very true to what Bill Finger did in uh, mm. his run of Batman. So Bill Finger in the 40s revealed that Joe Chill killed Batman's parents, and then a decade later, in the 1950s, he revealed that Joe Chill was hired by Lou Moxon. So it's not really that different to do it in the next movie here. Right. That's cool. So, yeah, this would have been the only real presence that Joker had in Ham's script before it was then tossed out and replaced by Daniel Waters' draft for Batman Returns, which completely cut any reference to the Joker because Tim Burton did not want just any connection to Batman 89 whatsoever in Batman Returns just due to having a hard time on the first movie. So pretty really? much. Yeah. Uh, he didn't want any, like, I guess we were lucky to get any references to Vicky Vale, but other than just bringing back Keaton, Michael Goff, and Pat Hingle, and, you know, just the general stuff of the designs and Danny Elfman's score, it was pretty much like him trying to make his own thing. Some There's something standalone. more Burton-y about Returns than 89 somehow. I can't place yeah. my finger on it, but um, well, it does feel like mainly style. him. Yeah. yeah. The tone like there's, there's a lot of different elements that are more burton and 89 has a lot more stuff where like burton is being filtered through the studio or the other well, Bur producers. burton always like we talk about a lot on this podcast he likes he is quite whimsical despite how macabre he might be at times mm -hmm. and 89 is well i guess the joker's whimsical but there's a lot more whimsy in batman returns like, yeah no yeah picture. there's something more lighthearted about it in 89 it's it's like it's a big it's a bunch of fights at the top of a cathedral, and then somebody falls to their deaths. Batman Returns, you've got a whole bunch of penguins with yes, yes. rocket launchers on their backs going <laughs> over Times Square. You don't, you don't really picture that's going to be the ending of the next movie when you watch 89. 
I could see Burton in the fucking pitch room, like talking to the writers, like I just need penguins, penguins. It <laughs> has some goddamn rocket launchers on them, and then a big ass rubber ducky. All right, Tim, you got it. You know, well, Daniel Waters made it work. <laughs> they, they they made it somehow. Work. They made it work. And the darkest thing I want in this, I I need fucking black bile just coming out of the fucking penguin's mouth. You got uh, it, Tim. All right, Tim. Uh, yeah. We'll see what we can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, it seems like that uh, is some combination of Waters and Burton working together, working together to create like a really dark fairy tale, which is what the feeling is. That's when you watch yes. That it's more fairy tale esque yeah. than eighty uh, nine is 89, for sure. Which has a lot more noir to it. Yes, yes, yes. Dick Especially Tracy in, came yeah, out around the same time, right? Yeah, like a year later. A year later. I think I had the VHS for that, but I was That's like, another one this I is good, lot, but yeah. not Batman. Yeah, yeah. I felt the same way, <laughs> even though I watched it like just as much. Oh, really? I, I only saw it a couple times, probably. I need to I need to revisit that. I think I was I was so young, I was I don't think I understood why all the characters looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> I I was like, what's going on with these people? Because the Batman Joker I just already knew. You just accept it. Yeah, and the I didn't read famous. Dick Tracy. I wasn't watching yeah. Dick Tracy cartoons and shit. Like, you know what I mean? There wasn't Dick Tracy like action figures as much as I know there were, but mm-hmm. I was mainly about Batman for me and Ninja Turtles and shit. So, um, well, obviously, as we've yeah. seen, it's a it's a more lasting franchise for a reason. Yeah, we haven't yeah, seen any Dick Tracy since that movie. That is true, unfortunately. Yeah, since there was a lot of influence from Dick Tracy on Batman as well, mm-hmm. but. That's for another time. So for another time. That's for that. That could be a good episode. That could be. Yeah. I'll Let's put that in the hopper bin. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's the Wait. villain half and half, who has <laughs> half a good face and half a bad face. He just <laughs> loves coffee creamer. And he loves coffee creamer. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, man. Batman Returns is not the only anniversary the week of this release. It's also Batman Forever's anniversary, and. Uh, this is not the only attempt they made in trying to bring the Joker back through archive footage. So in the final film of Batman Forever, the most we got was the shot meant to replicate the Jack Napier shooter. We've got the long trench coat. We've got the gloved hand shooting the gun, uh, the same type of gun. We've got the slick back hair. Notice how like this is just this is different from the regular comic book image where there's usually like the newsboy cap on Joe Chill and he's usually mm-hmm. he looks he looks a lot more like a street mugger as opposed to this guy who basically looks like a hitman. He looks like he's been yeah. to take a hit out on you in this. Uh, and also notice his face is completely obscured here because it's a different actor from 89. It's a different actor named David U. Hodges. But clearly, Schumacher wanted to pay some homage to 89 here, which is why we got this image from Forever. Schumacher had continuity in mind Yes, at uh, the time. Though also he has, he has Martha Wayne drop roses instead of the pearls, so... Some of the continuity was lost. I would say yeah, he didn't like Frank Miller. Frank Miller was after his time. <laughs> I was like, I want, uh, I want roses instead of pearls because I feel like pearls are going to get played out. It's kind of what Schumacher was, was thinking. Kiss from a rose. I'm going to have this song later, also. So mm, that's true. Yeah, don't worry he about was it. Thinking he was planting that. I mean, There's... if his if he liked early Batman, I mean, or, you know, or I'm thinking like Bronze Age. Probably, probably Schumacher grew up with Bronze Age and Schumacher and uh, Adam West or Silver. Yeah. Yeah, and silver, silver and bronze. And, you know, Frank Miller thought of the pearls, right? So that was yeah. just kind of after his time. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Though, I mean, there is the Dark Knight Returns influence anyway on uh, 
the giant bat in the cave thing. So I, I think it was just Schumacher trying to mm. tie into the Rose thing as well as have a different shortcut. Because it's one of the few, or one of the only, really ones to have a different shortcut of the Wayne murders. Like, once you see comic panels of the pearls, you know, the necklace falling apart and the pearls scattering to the ground, you already know what Bruce is thinking about. Yeah, you don't yeah. really need that. But in Batman Forever, the shortcut was the roses, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other reference that's kind of about the Joker is when Dick Grayson in the Batcave says, your parents weren't murdered by a maniac. And Bruce says, yes, they were, implying the Joker. So that's what made it into the final film. But there was originally going to be a lot more. So mm-hmm. in the original script, there was going to be this talk show debating about Batman's effectiveness in the city that was cut. And one of the talking points in the talk show was Batman kind of breaking his no-kill policy. They talked about, quote, those slain during the fight with Jack Napier, a.k.a. the Joker. Oh, so wow. a reference to Batman just gunning everybody down with the Batwing at the end of uh, Batman 89, as well as blowing up Axis chemicals and then like just basically using his legs to throw that one guy down the, <laughs> down the hole in the middle oh, of the Oh, right, so, yeah. Uh, the, Keaton definitely racks up a body count at the end yeah. of the movie after not really racking one up beforehand uh, in the earlier parts. So uh, some say that that is because he's fueled by the vengeance towards the man he realizes is the one who killed his parents. So I think that's a legit interpretation on it. Uh, for for why he does that but batman forever was originally supposed to sort of address that in some way so we have that and then later on there was the deleted scene we talked about in our release the schumacher uh, cut episode where bruce considers retiring in the Batcave, and in the version that was shot that's available in you know the deleted scenes on the uh, dvd blu-ray the one that we saw uh, where uh, michael goss alfred is talking he says your parents are avenged sort of implying joker but the original script was even more overt bruce was specifically going to say quote jack napier is dead so okay that would have been interesting i wonder if they cut this because of the change in actors where they're just like eh, we don't want to we don't want to be too overt about the references to burton to michael keaton's reign when it's not michael keaton so i mean were they even thinking of different universes at this time i mean I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't think they outright wanted it to be a different universe because, again, we still get references to the Burton stuff in the drafts for Batman and Robin. So I think they still saw this as Batman 3 and Batman and Robin as Batman 4, even though today, you know, you can easily just point to it being different universes in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't even think that was on their mind. I think maybe it was just like, yeah, we don't want to highlight or, or make people compare. Kilmer, our new Batman, to keep. Right, right, right. There was so much cut out of this movie anyway. Yeah, that's true, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Might as well. So they cut out a lot of the references to the previous movies and that. And one of the other things is that in the original draft by The Bachelors, Riddler was going to make Batman hallucinate his parents' deaths at the hands of Jack Napier, as well as see the previous villains, not just Catwoman and Penguin, but also the Joker himself. Again, this would have nice. been archive footage. I don't think they're going to bring Jack Nicholson back just for two yeah. seconds. Yeah, they the just end. put it in. Yeah, from the previous so, ones. That, that would have been cool. Yeah, people people probably would love that at the time. Definitely, but again, it, it does make more sense if it's Keaton, and then if it's Kilmer, you're just like, yeah, but he's not quite the same face we saw in those movies. I get that they, you know, I, I'm I'm not somebody who's just like, oh my god, they recast. That must mean it belongs to a different universe. They must explain this. But you know, as a kid, I 
I already accepted it because I grew up with Batman and James Bond movies. There was always a different yeah. actor anyway. It's Bond, man. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think they were kind of overthinking it on that in that regard. Yeah. Bond was already a precedent, and it's just like it could be a different actor, mm-hmm. same universe, though. Yeah. You know? Exactly. I don't know. So it, it would have been cool. I kind of get why they did it, but also it's, yeah, it would have been nice to see on this. Mm-hmm. We also covered the novelization uh, of Batman Forever at one point where uh, Peter David heavily based his intro on the version of the Wayne murders seen in Batman 89. There we go. Uh, with Bruce remembering the words, have you ever danced with the devil by the pale moonlight, which is in the opening of that novel. So uh, Peter David then writes the scene of young Bruce falling into the Batcave and discovering it in his parents' wake. And when he sees the bat, David wrote, quote, and with the cries of the, of the leathery creatures providing an ungodly orchestral tone, the young man danced with the devil in the pale moonlight. What is that from, man? Who who thought of that line? I think it was Warren Skarin. Warren okay. Skarin is the last writer credited on Batman 89 because it's not in the Sam Ham draft. Oh, wow. So this is a very late edition. It's a late edition. It's not in the original scripts and stuff. And you can kind of tell, too, because Joker says, like, this is what I ask of all my prey. And uh-huh. he doesn't say it in any other scene where he kills people <laughs> early oh, in the right, movie. Right, right, right. So he kind of makes a claim that you're just like, wait, do you really, though? Uh, but well, he's he's chaotic and yeah, he's he's chaotic exactly. evil. Yeah, yeah. So, what I like is the novelization actually tries to provide some examples or try to justify the reasons why Joker doesn't say it earlier in the movie. So uh, that's kind of in there, sort of to to glean it over. But really, it's it's because it's a later edition, and I think they just wanted a plot wise, you just need a memorable line that will trigger Bruce and have him remember something that was said. The night of his parents' murder, and so now there's he's so many found the guy, so many incredible lines throughout the whole entire movie. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, it's, it's iconic. You know, I'm glad you're dead and all that. Like, <laughs> right, incredible. It is, it is something that uh, sounds really cool. Might not necessarily make a lot of sense, but it just sounds really cool anyway. You could see Joker asking that uh, as just a random line that you ask before you kill somebody because of. It just sounds cool rather than just it, any other yeah. purpose to it. No, so. yeah, there's not much of a purpose, but it is cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and lastly, Joker was meant to be referenced in Batman and Robin with the script drafts of by Akiva Goldsman talking about the criminal property locker that we see in the final movie. Now, it's notable that we see both Riddler's outfit and Two-Face's outfit, but also in the script, it says that Joker's costume is there, implying that he's somehow still alive in, in Arkham or was in Arkham at some point. Which is They didn't shoot this though, right? They did not, no. It was just okay. in the script. But okay, we don't really see it here in the uh, in the property locker. We, we see Riddler's outfit, we see Two-Face's outfit, we see you know the gloves of Mr. Freeze and Mr. Freeze's stuff, but we don't really see any of the, the Burton villains in this. Okay. So, those are the ways that the 90s Batman sequels could have brought Jack back. But what about after Batman and Robin? What about into the 21st century? Let's find out after the break. On the Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast, we ask the tough questions. Killing a Rayman, whatever that may be, is that really so bad? Like, no, is he I even mean, alive? Like, do we know? <laughs> he, he, he have any like desires, a... Cal? Does he have any dreams? We're ranking the top games of all time, and it's not a task we take lightly. There are three Battletoads, Drash, Zitz, and Pimple. Uh, they're all skin problems, good. Two of them are the same skin problem. This has always bothered me. <laughs> Zitz, Rash, and Eczema. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, <laughs> even that makes more sense. Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week. Subscribe at Greenlit Podcast. 
We're the Spirit Hunters, and we're a show that treats Hunter Hunter and Yu Hakusho's author as the center of the universe. Some weeks, we do linguistic analysis. So the Chinese meaning of this character is to smelt or refine, but so the changed meaning in Japanese, it means to temper. Other times, we get absolutely smashed. So we take one shot every time. Yusuke uses the ray gun. One hour later. This is the least coherent episode. Sarah, you you can find out more about the Spirit Hunters right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. Gentlemen. All men strive for gold in their life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything! However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with the confidence of an eagle and giggles, giggles, in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless, winning machine. And when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right. Manscaped would like to introduce you to their best and biggest ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code Johnson's Ballsack. Yes, use Johnson's Ballsack and use Manscaped. It'll help your confidence and to basically cut to brass tacks, it'll make your dick look better, guys. It'll just make the Johnson look bigger. That's all you need to know. It'll make your dick seem bigger. I don't know how to make it clear. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnson's Ballsack, that's the code at checkout at manscaped.com. Manscaped's brand new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they've ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top product. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to allow you to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Inside this Platinum Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Ultra Premium Body Wash, Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner, Ultra Premium Deodorant, Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, Anti-Chafing Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag to hold your goods while traveling. The Lawnmower 4.0 Body Trimmer and Weed Whacker Nose and Air Hair Trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to protect your delicate parts and holes. Both are waterproof, so you can shave with less mess. In addition to shaving, you can now completely upgrade your shower routine with the Ultra Premium Body Wash and Ultra Premium 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Don't forget to apply their aluminum-free, ultra-premium deodorant 
for that cologne quality scent on the go. But it's not just your pits that stank. Your balls can stank too. Thankfully, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner can solve this problem for you. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. Tone the balls, y'all. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Platinum Package 4.0. The Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag bring your comfort and boxers to another level. The Platinum Package 4.0 covers all the bases from head to toe. The best bang for your shebang. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Johnson's Ballsack at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Johnson's Ballsack. It's time you enjoyed the finer things in life and get yourself a platinum package for your platinum package. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with the reliable wireless freedom so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers, as well as online at Target, Best Buy, and Amazon, or you can shop for them directly at HyperX.com. And hp.com and we're back to and ready to discuss the return of jack nicholson's joker in other ways that we saw but before we go into kind of the potential resurrections of jack nicholson's joker i did want to bring up a semi successful i mean a successful semi attempt at bringing the 1989 uh, joker back to life from the dead the video game Oh man! Batman Return of the Joker is oh, Andrew yeah. thoroughly covered. Yes, <laughs> yes, in great detail. Yes, in the uh, retro video game coverage. So check out that episode if you haven't already and want to hear us talk about that video game. But this was not formally, you know, a resurrection of Jack Nicholson's Joker type of thing. It was a video game released after the Batman '89 video game, and you know, since it was the next video game after that, and it's called Return of the Joker, and the designs. Uh, of the Batmobile and the Batwing are the same as the ones in the 89 movie and video game. It kind of feels like it's sort of a sequel, but it's not officially mm -hmm. on that. So anyway, uh, check out that episode if you guys want to hear more of us talking about that one. So moving further along, however, the Batman franchise seemingly gets put on pause with Batman and Robin. Everybody says that George Clooney and Joel Schumacher killed the franchise. Clearly in 2022 with like 10 different Batman on on film, TV, and podcasts, uh, that uh, that franchise is definitely thriving. But right. uh, during the development of Batman and Robin, uh, or during yeah during basically the production of it, screenwriter Mark Protosevich writes Batman Unchained, commonly misinterpreted to be Batman Triumphant. But Batman Unchained was written to have George Clooney's Batman face off against the Scarecrow. Scarecrow would throw Batman into Arkham Asylum, where he'd hallucinate most of the previous villains with the hope that the big one he'd hallucinate would be none other than the Joker himself. To demonstrate that, we're showing a panel from Batman Enigma done by friends of the podcast, former guests Eric Elliott and art by Ian Miller here. Same guys nice. who did the uh, Batman versus Godzilla comic. Mm -hmm. So they brought this idea to life in their fan-made comic, so check them out. And of course... We see here Joker emerges through the fear gas asking, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? So mm -hmm. 
That's pretty awesome here. Funny enough, the idea of Batman fighting Scarecrow while also hallucinating a dead Joker is going to sound very familiar to Arkham Knight fans. So maybe they were inspired by this unmade script. I don't know. Interesting connection, though. It's possible. Yeah. So we've had a few different ways of bringing Jack's Joker back. We have, to recap, him actually surviving the fall, which is probably the most fantasy-based version of this. Right. Um, We've had flashbacks, like in Ham's script. We've had hallucinations, like with the Batman Forever script and the Batman Unchained script. But when Batman Unchained falls through, there was one point talking about resurrecting the Joker. So... We kind of talked about this when we discussed the idea of, you know, is the Joker supernatural when we did that crossover with Cryptid Campfire? And the Joker in his early days seemed to have a knack for coming back from the dead. So for those who aren't super familiar with the Golden Age Joker, the Joker was originally meant to be killed off in his second story, The Joker Returns, where (laughs) he's fighting Batman and he accidentally stabs himself. So, you know, just like Batman has some growing pains and, you know, his glider crashes through the bridge and the Batman, you know, Joker had some growing pains too in terms of how to use a knife (laughs) properly in a fight. Oh, man, a little bit too chaotic there. Yeah. (laughs) Jack? Too much chaos. Oh, man. So, originally, they're just like, ah, he's, it's, he's one and done. He's, he's dead at the end of the second story in the same (laughs) issue of Batman number one. But, The saving grace is DC editor Whitney Ellsworth. Whitney Ellsworth is the same man who is like, you know what? Batman shouldn't kill. So this man knew what he was talking about. So not only did he establish the Batman no kill rule, but he also said, you should let the Joker live. You should let him be a big villain. And without Ellsworth, we wouldn't have Batman's no kill rule and we wouldn't have the Joker still today. And those are major, major moments. You would not have one of the central conflict of, of Batman versus Joker stories of Joker right. trying to tempt Batman into killing him and Batman refusing and stuff that was just not so, be there. He, there was a time where Joker wasn't his main villain, right? Yeah, yeah, because uh, they were just kind of just throwing different villains at him. I mean, you, an argument could be made that his main villain for a time in the Golden Age was Hugo Strange. Okay, right. Hugo okay, Strange it's Golden in, like, Age. Three stories, three or four stories, and Joker shows up twice in the same issue and dies at this point in the development in it. So Oh like, man. Oh, <laughs> not funny. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so Ellsworth is like, you should bring this guy back. So at the last minute they add a panel where a doctor brings up this man, he's still alive and he's going to live. So he's still alive and he's gonna live. <laughs> what is also cool he's about He's still this panel, alive and he's going to stay alive. <laughs> Look, alive, we, alive, we, alive, alive. We we get the we get the point, Doctor. <laughs> So, alive as a not dead. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Joker starts, starts laughing on the fucking bed. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. What's also cool here is the Joker in this panel, you see him shirtless for the first time, and he's, he's per- like, the rest of his skin is white. Mm. Whereas, like, there could have been some plausible deniability of him just having painted it or used makeup earlier in the issue. But here it's just like, no, it's his entire... Yeah, he he looks corpse white in this one, so that's that kind of added to the macabre, the creepiness of it. Is this so, uh, was he falling into the vat of chemicals at this point? Not yet. They hadn't revealed that yet. Oh yeah, okay. So you know, a lot of people are just like, well, the Joker, he didn't have an origin when he first appeared, so the Joker shouldn't have an origin. And I'm just like, well, Batman didn't have an origin when he first appeared, and neither did Catwoman, and neither did Penguin, and it took 
Penguin way longer to get an origin story than it did the Joker to get his, you know, bad chemical story. So it's just it's just how stories were told at the time. They just uh, thought of him because they liked that ride at Coney Island. And, yes, or they liked the and, fact that the Shadow had a clown themed <laughs> villain too. <laughs> oh yeah, that one as well. Death's Harlequin. Yeah, or the Man Who Laughs or whatever. There was like the a lot laughs, yeah. going on here. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different. Oh, he's just. I think it's just they were thinking. Oh, well, let's just have this gimmick and uh, just throw it into a story, and that's about it. They didn't think about having him as like a major villain. To Bill Finger, I think Hugo Strange was was the main villain because you know it's Professor Strange and he saw Batman as a Sherlock Holmes type, so it's like. Batman's Sherlock Holmes and Professor Moriarty is Holmes's foe, and so is Professor Moriarty and Professor Strange. You know that type of connection, um, right? 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 That, but clearly, Joker won out, and I think it's it's a testament to the fact that it's just it's a gimmick that really works with the clown stuff. It, it adds to the idea of us being afraid of clowns, and the contrast. Oh yeah, is just, for sure. It just lends it so much more. Then you know, and I say this as the biggest Hugo Strange fan, but the, the contrast between Batman and Joker is so much more than the contrast between Batman and some bald guy in a goatee. Well, Batman himself hardly ever tells a joke, also, right? You know, he's, he doesn't. Batman hardly ever laughs. He's mostly the straight man. He's yeah, he does. The straight man. He's so serious because he's so on his mission all the time. So this stark contrast it just works, and I think to the. A lot of times, if you look at comics histories, what it seems to me, from what I can gather, is like the big ones become big by accident. Like yeah. they, you know, they weren't planning on making an icon mm-hmm. with no. the Joker. It just fucking happened. Plus, there weren't like comic book icons at the time. Movies <laughs> right. were just getting started. They just started. They just added sound to movies just not too long before fucking comics are coming out. Probably right because you got They're just the, figuring out this universe. Yeah, the wall, wall, the the talkies are what come out in the thirties. This and then the Batman comes out in thirty seven or whatever it was. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Like it's not too far removed, man. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's fascinating. Accent. It's fascinating. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just never um, know. You never, you never know, know in terms of the stuff that you create. So these are just magazines sold in fucking a pharmacy. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't. They never thought it would be like this, like it is now, probably. You know what I mean? They always ask people, like, did you ever foresee that it was going to be as successful as it was? And most of the time, they're just like, no, because it's, it's just them trying to figure shit out in terms of what they're thinking creatively at the time. Right. And they're trying to launder money for the mob. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly. I aware of that. Yes. Allegedly, everyone. <laughs> I don't know anything. Yeah. But I, think- I just know that wizard in England, Alan Moore, <laughs> oh, uh, talks about, about that. No, 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 not not that wizard, but yeah. the wizard, the the grand wizard. Actually, that's the KKK, the top wizard himself. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the KKK have to take the fucking name Grand Wizard, man? This is, in another context, it would sound cool. <laughs> it would. Yeah, in another context, it would sound cool. Um, yes. Yeah. Right, where the fuck were we, man? <laughs> the Joker's death. Oh, yeah. And resurrection. Supposedly so, dead, yeah. Joker supposedly dead after being an idiot and stabbing himself accidentally because he has growing pains, too, uh, in the beginning <laughs> here. So I think Finger was like, all right, we'll bring him back, but let's make it a gimmick where he always comes back from the dead. 
So this is oh, much right. more. Oh, right. This is when we got to the fucking um, thing we talked about before yeah, being uh, supernatural. Yeah. 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 So Joker always coming back from the dead was more of his thing than the whole like conflicting origins thing, which is basically the, you know, the, the Dark Knight Christopher Nolan thing. So Joker is alive at the end of Batman number one, only to show up at Batman number two and be left to die in a burning building. But of course, he comes back again. Detective Comics number 45, Batman punches him off a boat where he falls in the water and <laughs> presumably drowns. But of course, he's washed up ashore to wreak havoc again in Batman number four for him to fall down into a trap door for the first time, falling from a great height. You may <clears throat> say supervillain. I say survivor. <laughs> yes. He the should guy, say that. <laughs> the Joker's got gumption. Yes. He's got gusto. All the above. He's got resurrection. He's got resurrection powers. <laughs> There's a DC Rothal character Wolf. named Resurrection Man, right? I've never <laughs> read that shit, but that's like that was a new fifty two that got canceled. It is relevant to this, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Batman number five, he falls off a clock tower into water, similar to what we He's saw. He's always earlier dying in water, it seems from. like. This motherfucker like, needs to learn how to swim. Oh, maybe he does. That's like how he keeps coming back. Yeah. Batman's like, I didn't account for a foe who could swim. <laughs> How are we supposed to do this, Robin? <laughs> that evil fiend can swim, Robin. He takes swimming <laughs> lessons. <laughs> so, And his makeup still is intact. Maybe it's not makeup, Batman. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible, We're still like 10 boy. years away from the Ace Chemicals origin anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, uh, Batman number seven, he's punched off a train and falls off a cliff. And then Batman number 12, in an even higher height, He's punched off a dirigible. He's always just being punched off a fucking high-ass place. Joker's like, maybe I shouldn't get, pick a fight with Batman in a high-ass place. Wow. So, uh, But the biggest example is Detective Comics number 64, where Joker is uh, executed by electric chair. And then panels later, he has his goons arrive, inject him with a mysterious sin- serum, and he wakes up. Wow. No explanation in terms of where the serum comes from. Do they it's show his actual teeth chatter as he gets electrocuted, bro? They don't, unfortunately. It's, it's <laughs> okay. the 1940s, my friend. So That's true. <laughs> I know, but still. He had some dark shit at that time, man. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. That would have been, been a little been, too graphic. That's him. a hell of a panel or a, or a <laughs> shot if they did it that way. So <laughs> this is a really old, creepy-looking, macabre <laughs> prison guard dude flipping the switch on the uh, on the electric chair over here. They should make a villain out of that Joker. guy. For that guy's creepier listeners. than the Joker. Yeah, that is true. So, uh, Joker has come back from the dead many times, but this is not just a Golden Age thing in Strange Apparitions, as we talked about before. Sign of the Joker, this is where Joker is struck by lightning, falls off a you know construction building, lands in the water, and of course he's going to come back, and that's the kind of ending that's... God, it's always water. Treatments. That's interesting. I guess it's it's kind of like a... You know, and more or less non gruesome way to go, and you don't see him. There's some mis. I mean, yeah, all that yeah. with falling in water, but still, it's it seems to happen quite a lot. <laughs> but I guess I mean, that's like th- whenever he falls in water, I know for a fact he's going to come back. It would have been interesting for them to bring back a Joker. I mean, there was there was some talk that Ledger would have been back, right, for Dark Knight Returns. I think they originally wanted goyer said they wanted two and three to be joker for the second movie then joker gets captured uh and then the third movie is joker creating two-face by scarring dent in the courtroom 
And then obviously they scrapped that once they wrote the Dark Knight and had him become Two Face already by the yeah. end and have Joker contribute to that. So, um, you know, Nolan has always been vocal about how he doesn't really plan out the next one in, yeah. uh, in between movies. So unless he was actually lying about that and had a third movie planned out, it's kind of just kind of comes down to stuff that they might have been brainstorming that they had to throw out once obviously Heath had to, uh, Heath was not able to return because he passed away. Yeah, man. So that's all we know. For, he would have at least been in that like little courtroom scene with all the villains. You know, the Joker would have been in the courtroom scene with all the villains in that one part. It would. It could have been cool if yeah. they did that. I feel like they, like once you put him in the movie, you kind of have him in there more than just that one scene. You know, like he's he's got to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Play different roles. I think um, there is. I think it's Channel Awesome. They did like a rewrite of Dark Knight Rises in which like what if Heath Ledger's Joker was in the Dark Knight Rises and he was for like a good part of it. And that was actually pretty cool what they did with that. So uh, check that out. I'll put the link in our show notes for that one. Cool. But in the meantime, the Joker's resurrection also in the 80s in Batman 321, Dreadful Birthday, Dear Joker, a comic that seems to have a lot of visual similarities to the Joker's scenes in Batman 89. Joker's in a boat that explodes in death of a family death in the family sorry death of a family is a different one death in the family uh joker is shot and left for dead in an exploding helicopter so returning from the dead is joker's thing so let's talk about the deepest of dives a script that they tried to make happen one that i've never talked about before on this podcast and i have not heard about in a very long time comment below if you remember this one a spec script written by a writer named ian mansfield called batman the joker's revenge so the art that I'm showing here on the YouTube version is art by Clay Slayton of Jack Nicholson's Joker and Michael Keaton's Batman. Looks like Cal, Cal Slayton. Five-way revenge. Sorry, Cal Slayton. Sorry. Cal Slayton. Yes, Cal Slayton. Um, this is a spec script written around the late 90s, early 2000, rumored to be in contention around the same time as um, Aronofsky's year one, kind of in between there at some point. Uh, there used to be more information about this. This is back in the days where... I was a kid looking at those GeoCities uh, <laughs> sites. With the... I feel like that's the first thing you did when you got on AOL, whatever Batman you had. Batman 5. Yeah. You need information about the next Batman movie. AOL NetFind is what it was called, right? <laughs> Batman shit. <laughs> or it was Netscape Navigator or something. Oh, Netscape. Okay, you were Netscape family. We had we we had, we were the basic bitches. We had AOL, man. Ah, uh, yeah. They, we. I, I remember typing it in, finding... A whole bunch of stuff, and of course, it's like it's the old sites at the time. But one of them used to have an interview with this writer, Ian Mansfield, as well as a script excerpt that I remember reading and being excited about. Except that is not online anymore, so I only have my memory. The closest oh, I could man. find was an old site called batcave.com.pl, and it's all in Polish. So, okay, ran it through the Bat Computer's translator and claims <laughs> <laughs> based if. <laughs> If the translator, a.k.a. Google Translate, is correct, it says that the script is mostly a sequel to Batman 89, with one scene taking place in the morgue a few hours after the Joker's death from the fall at the end of the first movie. The site confirms something that I do remember reading in the script excerpt, in that Batman would face off against a villain who has a cameo, Mr. Zaz. So, that could okay. be interesting. And, you're going to love this, it also would have featured Clayface. Wow. With that, they didn't have the technology really at the time, man, but 
probably yeah. not closer in 99 2000 than they probably would have in like the late 80s but still yeah that's i mean it's cool it's, yeah. it's uh, you know it needs to happen eventually but yeah that's awesome yeah. i remember reading specifically that the one of the inspirations for this was batman issue number 159 the great clayface joker feud which is obviously <laughs> a clayface versus joker story so uh I do suspect there were going to be hints about Clayface playing a role in Joker's resurrection. And I'm hoping it's not a case where it's just like Joker is actually just Clayface in the whole movie. So, right, right. You know, because that would just be lame. It's, like, it's the Joker's revenge, but not really. Joker's dead. It's Clayface. It's like, eh. I don't oh, know. That's Jack Nicholson playing Clayface playing the Joker. I don't know. So uh, another possibility man. is like maybe Clayface helped Joker fake his death. And it was actually Clayface who took the fall. Oh, yeah, and he could survive it. Because notice, in the movie, Joker puts on the glasses. He says, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, would you? Keaton punches him. Joker goes over the edge, and then you don't see him again. And then later on, Joker's hands come up, grab Batman and Vicky, and it's it's that Joker who is dancing around and ends up on a helicopter. So my theory (laughs) is maybe the script was going to say that the real Joker did the whole glasses thing, goes over... Then Clayface takes over as Joker on top of the cathedral because Joker knows that Batman's out to kill him. That would have been a hell of a twist, dude. Like it would no have one been. would have seen that coming. Especially <laughs> this is pre Betaz, so yeah. definitely only the hardest of the hardcore know who Clayface is at this time. It is. It it basically would have been a huge day ex machina that they would have gotten away with because A, we love Clayface, and B, just the, <laughs> the joy of having Jack Nicholson's Joker back would have kind right. of offset the whole like this is a little contrived to say like Clayface stood in for him when Clayface was not even planted at all in right. that movie, but we'll allow it. We'll allow it because we want this to happen. Right. So other information we have on this is that according to the translation from the bat computer, the bat cave was supposed to be similar to the one from the Dick Sprang period comics. We would have had the large penny, the dinosaur, the Joker card, the giant Joker card, maybe in the style of 89, who knows? And then it says that Commissioner Gordon was supposed to be very different from the Burton Schumacher movies and more like the one in Batman the Animated Series. I love this art, by the way. It's so fun. Like Dick Sprang. This, Dick this could be a poster. It probably was a poster. Put it up in a kid's room mm-hmm. or your own room. You know what I mean? It's yeah. great. Yeah. I, I. It's a very crowded Batcave, but it definitely speaks to, like, this is a Batman that's had a career. Yeah. And, you know, it's a crowded, but it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that magic of the uh, of the Silver Age to it. Yes. Uh, it also says the most important action scenes were to take place in a Gotham park and a tropical casino. Interesting. So, tropical casino. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know uh, if like whose casino was it? Because Penguin's dead in this universe too, so it's not the Iceberg Lounge, unless Penguin comes back because it was also Clayface who took the fall. I'm Clayface sure. is just your guy to go to if you think Batman's out to kill you. You just hire Clayface. That's true. I'm sure it'd be a better casino scene than what we got in uh, that Star Wars movie. (laughs) Canto bite. (laughs) Yeah, that was terrible. It was, yeah. Anyway. Um, (laughs) I wish I could ask the writer to come on the podcast and send over the script, but unfortunately, Ian Mansfield, full name Ian Mansfield Rothkirch, died at the age of 27 through undisclosed reasons. Wow. Yeah. 27? Yeah, it's a shame. In 2005, his collection of Batman memorabilia called the World's Greatest Batman Collection became auctioned off after, you know, posthumously after his death. 
uh, it had over 4,500 pieces to it. So this guy had a lot of Batman shit, obviously. Ralph Garman, eat your heart out. Yeah. Uh, One part also confirmed, in terms of the listing of the memorabilia, it confirmed the presence of Clayface in the script, saying, quote, Mm. two treasured watercolors painted by Golden Age Batman artist Shelley Moldoff. One is a special Batman Clayface painting. Clayface is a character in Ian's Batman The Joker's Revenge. So that's our other confirmation. I wish I had more. I wish that that script excerpt was still online. If anybody could find that for me, that'd be amazing. If anybody even, like, remembers this, let us know. But for those who might know the Rothkirch, I guess, family or has a copy of the script, please send it over. We'd love to go over it in the podcast. That would be a hell of a deep dive. But, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's a, I was thinking about doing that shout-out. I'm glad you did it. Yeah, the, the Joker's Revenge, everyone. Mm-hmm. I wish I had more. Uh, in 2001, someone else besides Ian Mansfield Rothkirch uh, pitched the idea of resurrecting the Joker. And that person was Jack Nicholson. Oh, so, so he was up for it. Yeah. He basically uh, says that he had, quote, I've promoted it endless times. I've got the title. I wrote the scene. I know how to bring them back to life. They're hung up on, I died in the first picture. Are they kidding? The guy was in radioactive waste over his head in the opening scene. So he's right. <laughs> like, he does have a yeah. whole history of being resurrected back from the dead. That's so true. Kind of works. I mean, I mean, we all would have loved it. You know, Jack yeah. Nicholson coming back. That wouldn't yeah. want to take any take anything away from um, Pfeiffer, especially, but that would have been awesome. It would have, yeah. And I think that I'd be curious to find out. He says, "I've got the title. I've got this. I wrote the scene." I'm like, "What's the scene?" What's the title? Like, what what did you have in mind? He didn't give it away because I think he was holding on to it. But obviously, it's not going to happen now. So, yeah, Jack is retired, I think. Yeah, he's pretty retired. And I just don't think he's going to, like, if you do bring him back, he's like the old Joker in the wheelchair, like in that Brave and the Bold episode. Yeah, that would. It's it's not going to be. I'm looking this up now. Cathedral. Dude, he is 85. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Let let him rest. We yeah. can let Jack rest now. Let him rest. But not before <laughs> asking him what was his scene. <laughs> we we can ask him questions for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't die without giving that away. <laughs> That's all I need to know. Then you can pass away. Jack Nicholson needs to release a book or something. And like yeah, you'll probably true. have notes from all of his movies, but definitely there'd be a chapter about Batman in there. Yeah. I'd love to read it. That would be That's awesome. Uh, later, WB would show interest in Batman vs. Superman, not the Zack Snyder one, but the one that Wolfgang Peterson nearly directed, which we covered at the end of uh, 2021 last year. And that version kind of loosely tied into the 90s Batman movies. Joker was already dead before the events of the film. However, Lex Luthor finds a way to clone him, bringing him back in order to basically ruin Bruce Wayne's life again. Uh, that said, when reading it, I found that the Joker wasn't really written to emulate the Jack Nicholson version. He's a lot more spry and dancing around and doing handstands and shit. His dialogue <laughs> is written to feel like a different vibe, and he's kind of working for Lex Luthor the whole time, so it really just wouldn't have been the same. That's a little weird. Yeah, yeah, it's, it works better in his own continuity, because he's kind of loosely tied in anyway, so it's just like, hey, it wasn't really meant to be that much of a sequel, but kind of relied on you having seen it, it's, it's kind of like the James Bond thing, where it's just like, mm-hmm. hey, if you've seen the other movies, it makes sense, but it's not hardcore continuity. 
Right, right, right. Then we get to another obscure project. This one never made it past the pitch stage, so there's no script for this. It's called The Joker in Evening. So <laughs> the idea was a drama of Jack Nicholson as an old Joker. Quote, living this sad life and making the decision to go back and do one more thing. It was going to be a character study. Kind of in the vein, I guess, of the 2019 Todd Phillips Joker, except instead of an origin story, it's it's more of a, a Logan or a, you know, a Rocky Balboa type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like one last run sort of thing. And the ones behind the pitch were none other than Charlie Kaufman and director Spike Jones, who collaborated on the adaptation. So wow. uh, Kaufman and Jones pitched it to Nicholson at his house, and Nicholson loved the idea. However, Kaufman, for whatever reason, decided to just drop the ball completely and just never wrote it, admitting to having cold feet. And he also, he wasn't sure if they could even get the rights to it or if Warner Brothers would approve. So it kind of just... If died. Jack Nicholson's on board, they're probably going to approve it, you know? I mean, yeah, they got the star power already Lots. there and precedent from a previous hit. Yeah. So I guess he I just got nervous or something. I think that's what it was. I, I think, uh, you know, Charlie Kaufman did... Adaptation, Eternal Sunshine, A Spotless Mind. This is not a guy who is like down to write a blockbuster movie that's associated with comic book shit. Like it's just, it's not his thing. I think he liked the idea of it, or like the idea of playing a pop culture character. But I think, you know, there's a lot of pressures pressures involved with it. There's a mythology that we don't know how familiar he is with it. That you know, I could I could see why this happened. And you're bringing you know Jack Nicholson back to an iconic role. And if you screw it up, you're always going to be known as, oh, Charlie Kaufman. He's the guy who fucked up Jack Nicholson's return to the Joker. Right. Uh, that's true. So I kind of get it. It's sort of a shame. But, you know, <clears throat> maybe we all have a screenwriting career where we can afford to drop the ball on having not written a Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> and then so. Spike Jones goes on to produce Jackass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least in part. Yeah. He also did Her with Joaquin. That's true. So he's doing jackass and artistic shit. <laughs> Got to do a bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then lastly, we kind of got the return of Joker fulfilled in a way, depending on your opinions of this. So the opening of CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, we went to Earth-89, where Robert Wool rep- reprised his role as Alexander Knox. And in the opening, he's reading a newspaper of the Gotham City Gazette with the headline, Batman Captures Joker. Now, wow. Alexander Knox is obviously older in this version. They did not try to de-age him, partially because this is the CW. They do not have the Marvel technology for doing that. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's clearly meant to take place many years after 89. But I think many fans find this to be questionable in canon, since the bat signal they show doesn't really match the one in the Burton movies. The newspaper is the Gotham City Gazette, as opposed to the Gotham Globe in the 89 movies. And, well, let's face it, a lot of people kind of hate the CW superhero shows, with the exception of Superman and Lois, which is amazing, um, mm-hmm. and probably choose to ignore it. So this likely will not ever be addressed. I think it's just there as an Easter egg. I don't think they're trying to set up Jack Nicholson's resurrection or return, because there's all these crazy things that came from this where just like, maybe, you know, Jack Nicholson's Joker is back, but since he's retired, he's going to come back, and a different actor, and a different actor is going to channel Jack Nicholson's Joker. I'm like, or... It's an Easter egg for a CW show. What if, and hear me out on this, Yes, they just put shit in these shows to get <laughs> nerds to talk? Yes. Because nerds talking about the show means more hits and shit online. More tweets equals the bucks, you know what I'm saying? 
Yep. So bring in those uh, viewers, get people yeah. talking about it. If the, it's about owning the conversation. So, uh, I mean, there's really, there's probably no other reason other than that. Plus, if you're, if you're already doing the multiverse, this is already your thing. Mm. You have an infinite amount of universes. So, if you want to really have an actual explanation for this, it would be a universe very similar to that of Batman 89's universe. Yeah. But with some changes from that as well. It's not that exact one, but it's sort of close to it. Infinite number of universes means infinite possibilities, right? Yeah. So um, there you go. There's the sci- pseudoscience explanation for it. Yeah. No, I agree with you on that. Yeah. It's, it's just there to get people talking. And if yeah. you want, you can just say hey, that it's a different continuity. It's a different Earth and stuff. We've mm-hmm. talked before about how, like, you know what? The Schumacher movies are in a different world now from the Burton ones and it, it might actually be better for it on that. Because I've always sort of viewed it stuff. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. So it, it's, it sort of feels that way when you watch them anyway. So you might as well lean into it and have that as your headcanon, whatever the case is, <laughs> that's kind of the last uh, stamp in terms of bringing Jack Nicholson's Joker back out of these. Was there one that you thought would have been like a big missed opportunity? The game boy one. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like missed opportunity. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, the one where Joker blows himself up and causes Two Face is pretty crazy, and yeah. like you can kind of see it, but that would mean he doesn't get to play with his playmate anymore. But um, yeah, unless he finds a way to, like, he's in some sort of ejector seat that goes off, and then he there's another one that goes the bomb, and so he escapes. So that the third one or fourth one or whatever, you can bring Jack back whenever after he's healed from his wounds or whatever. Right. And think about this. It's sort of a cold open. I've already seen the movie, you guys. You got Joker in a straight jacket. It's, it's like a courtroom drama kind of thing. It's more or less cold. There's been some credit shown, but that's about it. And then, boom, he blows up. And then it cuts to black and it starts fucking Elfman music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then you have your uh, yeah, Batman two. You have your credits, your credits in earnest starting, and uh, then after the credits, you have uh, the opening credits. You know, you have um, you know, uh, Two Face in the hospital or whatever. Him in the hospital. You that's like your next shot, Mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh shit, they're really doing it. You know what I mean? That would have been awesome, honestly. So, yeah, that's probably that's my answer. That's the one that sticks with me. It would have been a more insane uh, cold open than the one in Batman Returns, which is still great. But compared to Jack Nicholson just blowing himself up and creating Billy D. Williams as Two Face, it just it doesn't quite have a hold of the same candle to it. No, it doesn't. The whole you know crime beget begets crime kind of thing too. It just works on a lot of levels. Yeah. So I I do like that one. I think it's. I think for me, it's definitely me wondering what the Joker's revenge would have been like, the Ian Mansfield one, mm-hmm. uh, because I, and that's partially my nostalgia as a kid, looking at the internet and being excited about the idea of like, oh my god, like, what if the sequel to Batman and Robin is Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton coming back to face off again? Were you going through different web rings? Remember that was, shit? <laughs> yes. Batman web rings and shit, dude. I'd go through all sorts of ones with like badly photoshopped 
posters, which I thought, which of course I thought looked amazing at the time. <laughs> the first time that I'd ever seen those, you know, fan. Well, yeah, I was like 96. There's not much Photoshop in the first place. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's, of course it's incredible. And like, yeah. uh, G- man, yeah, GeoCity is such nostalgia for that time of the internet, dude. Oh my God. If you're too young to have experienced that, I feel bad for you. It was so, it was so low tech, but great. Yeah. Yeah, let us know if you're from that era. If you if you were like me and looked at all the different ones, there was like Fabio 2's Batman 5 page and stuff. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. There's all sorts of things. And, you know, you can just picture like the spinning Batman graphic. Oh, yeah. If you have like, you know, screenshots or something, or you took Polaroids of your computer screen, <laughs> uh, <laughs> scan them in and show us of the, these, these GeoCities websites that are no Please longer... Do with us that would be awesome my main thing and i'm not i'm not like i mean i've said this all the time i'm more of a superhero fan than star wars fan but when the phantom menace trailer Mm. came out i remember this is like the early aol days i start loading the trailer online and then we went to walmart i didn't tell my parents i left left the computer on left left the the internet (laughs) on and then we came back and from Walmart and it was almost done loading the goddamn trailer. You know, that was one of my, that's an early uh, internet memory for me. We are so spoiled with streaming. <laughs> Dude, we've come quite a long way. Just remembering just tying up the phone line too, just so you can download a trailer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Had, had it going for like at least three hours. Jesus. I don't know if I was caught. Anyway, yeah, um, I don't remember getting getting punished for that one, but uh, but yeah, that was um, that was one thing I did. Wonderful times with the internet. So yeah, <laughs> yes. I'd, I'd love for anybody out there to come back and have more information on this one, or have the script, or even just remembering it the way that I remember it for the Joker's Revenge. But until then, that is superhero stuff you should know. Big thanks to our assistant, Dan, for gathering all the visuals for this YouTube experience. We also have a post credit sequence here. We did not cover every single deleted scene of Batman Returns, apparently. I recently found <laughs> this, so this is another special treat for those celebrating the Batman Returns 30th anniversary. Uh, there was a deleted scene involving the organ dr- grinder and his monkey. Uh, <laughs> we got to tell Zach about this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's found on the trading cards that we're showing here on the YouTube version. Where it's it's basically the organ dry, organ grinder and the monkey just sort of loitering around on the street and there, and it says maybe it's time to make a withdrawal on the bottom and the car itself says later that same day the organ grinder is playing music on a city street whilst his monkey dances about on his shoulders but there's more in his mind than making music he's thinking about making some quick money and maybe that automatic t- automatic teller machine they don't the say automatic anything. teller machine around the corner has something to do with his plans maybe it's time to make a withdrawal <laughs> and of course the next card is the explosion wow all right did you have these the cards i did not i've i'm not familiar with these cards in comparison to the batman 89 and batman forever ones those are ones that um i had a few growing up and then zach sent me a bunch uh, as well, but the Batman Returns cards are kind of more obscure because I don't think uh-huh. they're as, as popular, but I had no idea that this was something that was actually shot, because I think it's in the script. It's in the script where like the organ grinder causes, you know, basically bombs an ATM to get money 
it looks it. like it was. I mean, this, this, you know, they didn't have Photoshop really at this time, right? Like, this is an actual explosion they shot. Yeah, so I'm wondering why they cut it out, because I imagine this was not cheap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got, like, a, the pyrotechnics guy and all that shit yeah. for this shot, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's not a cheap shot. Makes me wonder if, like, they did it, and then, like, something went wrong. Or whatever, mm, and they're just like, didn't eh, look good. we can't have that in or, or something. Because like, it seems a lot just to be like, eh, let's cut that. I don't didn't know. look good in the dailies. Maybe, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It just didn't look good, and they didn't want to go through, like, yeah, we got to put down all this money to reshoot this explosion when we really don't need the scene anyway. So I do have memories of this, though, in <laughs> the Penguin's Plot Kids book that I had. <laughs> Batman Returns has this illustration of... The organ grinder in front of a broken down ATM with money flying out. And of course, the monkey on the organ grinder's shoulder is grabbing the cash. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Amazing. That's awesome. So that is the deleted special deleted scene of Batman Returns. We did not discuss or cover. And that is a, a treat for you guys for the 30th anniversary of Batman Returns. There is an event in L.A. at the end of the June uh, at the end of June. Uh, we will be there. Let us know if you will be there, too, so we can meet you in person. Indeed. Over to the fan comments. So I know you said in the uh, in the Superman Hidden Gems <laughs> episode that you try to look for comments for you, but you might have missed this one. Oh, so yeah. Will Moore comments on our unmade Batman and Robin script talking about your Mr. Freeze, saying, oh, yeah. quote, I love how he makes Mr. Freeze sound like a sadistic Southern pastor. It's amazing. <laughs> Reminds me of the devil all the time. Great video, guys. Oh man, yeah, thank you. I, I, yeah, I searched for my name basically, so I didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see this one. I forgot that I did that voice like that, but yeah, I think because I also have um, Woody Harrelson in mind to be Mister Freeze. Yeah, that too. So uh, that was the uh, probably my my thinking there. I just think he he would look great against the snow and the expression in the helmet. And then also just like his voice is such a contrast from Arnold's, you know, you're, Oh, definitely you're just not even thinking about it at all. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, what's his name? Woody Harrelson's in, uh, you know, one of the, the Reeves, uh, one of the Reeves is, uh, Planet of the, the Apes mm -hmm. and wearing in a cold environment, wearing a jacket, I think with fucking some glasses, some, some uh, glasses yeah, on I or think something. I sent you that picture when I was like, yeah. yeah, he's bald too. You know what I mean? It's just, I feel like it could really work. I know he's already been carnage, but you know, let's Marvel, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's, uh, let's get him to, let's get him over across the pond over in a DC. I don't feel like I'm the only one that thinks it. I think he'd be really cool. Mr. Freeze. So yeah. Pun intended. Yes, very cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, Halsey, one of our patrons, commented on the Superman Hidden Gems episode. So uh, these are his recommendations. I decided to include it in the main show mm -hmm. as well as the Patreon uh, episode because this is definitely worth reading. Uh, for me, the three Superman books that don't get mentioned enough are Hunter slash Prey. I love what Superman being off-world fighting in an element where he's not that super and has to use his brain to succeed. And who doesn't want to see a Doomsday rematch? Yes, this is the comic where Superman gets to fight Doomsday again. This is their rematch after the Death of Superman arc. So mm, I haven't uh, read this one. I've read, like, I think the first is two issues or so. Or maybe I did read it. And mm -hmm. I, I think I remember reading part of it. And because of some stuff that we were working on, I didn't get to finish the rest. So I definitely need to go back to it. Right. Um, the other one is Speeding Bullets, which we've talked about before. 
I uh, need to read this fucking book, man. It's been on my list forever. I might read too, this actually. tonight. Let's do it. We'll yeah. do a Patreon at some point. Yeah, 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 second, yeah. Second best Elseworlds book behind Gotham by Gaslight. It shares some similar tones to Reeves's The Batman, as he has to learn to be a symbol of hope instead of fear. Great story. Mm. Oh, he, yeah, I could see that. Superman, Batman mix that we get in that, in that Elseworlds. So that's cool. That's cool, yep. And Superman number 84 from 1993, The Death of Cat Grant's Son. Here are the true Superman is back. Clark, via Supergirl, has a semi-plausible story that brings him back to life. Everything's good and happy. And then comes Toymaker doing what he does. The cover alone is terrifying. And to see Superman deal with not only the death of a friend's child, but to deal with the fact that no matter how much power he has, he cannot save everyone. He can't even save one child he was searching for. Great arc. That sounds dark as fuck. But it's a, it's a good dark one. Um, I wouldn't want... As for a comic, it sounds great, but I, I, you know, I always think about how it could be in a movie, and I feel like that it, uh, you wouldn't want a Superman movie to to end like that for sure. No. That'd be darker than even Man of Steel. Yeah, this is fine for like an episode of Superman and Lois. Uh huh. You know, right. But yeah. not for like uh, a full on movie. But that's also why these are these are the good comics. You know, that's why single issues are worth checking out because you know these that's the medium that these characters were originally created for were these sort of single issue mm-hmm. stories. Rather that is than true. Arcs and and sometimes, or a lot of the times, really, they uh, they end up working better because that's that's what it was made for. That's why for Patreon, I had a lot easier time gathering single issues to be in terms of oh, single yeah. issues before going into the arcs because the arcs I'm just like, eh, there's always some flaw to the arcs. You know, there's just like eh, <laughs> yes, 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 thirteen issues in and that's the ending. Really, it's kind of like TV shows, right? Like, very yeah. few times do you hear people like, oh, the finale of the series was awesome. Most of the time, they hate it. Oh, but dude, Game of Thrones, man. The finale, oh, yeah. my the God. finale of a movie, people love. So That's there's true. something to be oh, said man. about like long-form storytelling kind of works because of different reasons than the shorter form. Breaking Bad, Bad brought it home. It did bring good. it home. It did bring yeah. it home. Uh, but I, I would say it wasn't like it wasn't like an amazing finale. It was just kind of just like, okay, mm. this makes sense for what it is and... and it it feels right. It Best TV right. finale ever. Go. I don't know if I have one. It's tough, right? It, yeah, exactly. Is what I brought up. They better. I'll put Next it Generation as a good one. Ooh. I've heard people complain about Quantum Leaps, but I remember when I saw that shit as a kid, I thought it was incredible. Um, fucking, I thought Breaking Bad was pretty good. It was good. I, uh, again, I won't say that it's the best possible. I'm thinking more like classic because l- l- lately TV's gotten better than it used to be. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I'll say it this. I'll say this one. They better stick the ending of Cobra Kai. Oh, dude. Yeah, they got to land that uh, yeah. that kick. Uh, every single really well. season has been so good. Better than the previous one, which was already good. So I'm just like, you better, like, this better, like, end well whenever oh, they dude. choose to do it. Wolfie also, Stefan, he yeah. told me he had a great comment too. Cause you know, I'm making Amano Recon and talking about Power Rangers and shit. And Netflix has bought Power Rangers. They're doing something with Power Rangers, like their own, oh, yeah. their own series. And like, that's the tone, the Cobra Kai tone. It's like you could just transfer that over, just kind of copy oh, a lot yeah, of Cobra Kai and make Power perfect. Rangers for that kind of thing. Amano Recon will be a lot darker but uh 
but uh yeah the cobra kai tone like it's a huge hit you, you can be you know that cheesy uh and still and still have really good heart and good storytelling mm-hmm. and i feel like yeah i thought that was a pretty good comment from him i thought yeah i i think that it really shows how to do the like legacy sequel the sequel that's like decades later where you're just mm-hmm. like eh, this oh is yeah just an excuse to bring these actors back but like and it used to be with like you know indiana jones and the kingdom of crystal skull you're just oh, like oh okay, lord come. yeah but then you see this and then you see top gun maverick and you're like oh my god <laughs> whoa this we probably not gonna talk about this too much but damn top gun maverick was good as fuck best movie of the year oh my god i don't know if we're gonna top that gun boy i, I mean, tell you want <laughs> i want a superman movie as emotional as that movie oh yeah are you kidding me and like and oh yeah home, you're right sir. you're right yeah you yeah. bring him home all that kind of shit yeah. yeah come on dude yeah where you like <sighs> feel the danger of it and you want him to save everybody and all that type of stuff i'm just like oh my god if, if they do a superman movie like this this emotional it's gonna be the best one of all time Get Chris McQuarrie to fucking rewrite it, whatever, because he's the guy that rewrote, supposedly rewrote the draft that they had for Top Gun 2. And I feel like they were even rewriting it as they were shooting it. Maybe. That's why it took so fucking long. Not just COVID, but it was taking long anyway because they were really trying to get it right. And it looks like they fucking did, man. It paid off. That that script is tight. Real tight. We're going to get done with Top Gun talk here in a second, guys. (laughs) But they fucking, that's about, we're going to have a mission. We're going to train for that mission, then we're going to go to that mission. I'm not going to spoil it, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, Macquarie, it's just kind of simple and great. Macquarie apparently tried to pitch DC projects, and they said no. Well, DC doesn't always make the best decisions. <laughs> I know. Do they? <laughs> they need to fucking really get... Zaslev is this guy from Discovery. Somebody's taken over recently. He's the guy that's talking about bringing back Superman and shit. Mm-hmm. And they need to have, they need to have Coates, you know, Ta-Nehisi Coates's multiverse style, have that one, but also, you know, bring back Cavill with probably Macquarie writing it. Yeah. That, I mean, look at what this guy did with the Top Gun, man. It could have been terrible. And Top, <laughs> Tom Cruise was like, we're not, <laughs> he saved that one, I guess, because he's the one that hired Macquarie, I guess. But mm-hmm. man, yeah. Really good. And the and of course the other writers as well, but it seems like the finishing touches were Macquarie. Yeah. Correct me if we're wrong. Correct us if we're wrong in the comments, but it seems like that's the case. Yeah. No, I th- I think it's definitely there's a lot of collaboration there, but like Macquarie is he's a powerhouse. Oh right dude. It's the guy who did the usual suspects. Usual suspects, and I gotta say Edge of Tomorrow or Live Die Repeat, they changed the fucking name of the movie when it was released on DVD and (laughs) Blu-ray, but it was called Edge of Tomorrow in the fucking theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you seen that one, Ben? I haven't seen that one. I have seen their collaboration on Jack Reacher, the first one. The second one did not have Macquarie, and you can tell. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's cool. You could definitely tell the same series, right? You could tell it's a lot worse than the second one. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, I mean... uh, Edge of Tomorrow is fucking really good. Uh, doesn't get enough people talking about it. I, I really enjoyed that film. I'll check it out. It was great. On to it's, the next one. Yeah. Uh, this is from uh, Oh, Tom. real quick. I wanted to say one more thing. Toy Maker would be a great Superman villain for a movie. Um, it would be like not a pick people are, are probably thinking. They're probably going to do Parasite or Metallo. Mark mm-hmm. my words. Uh, but... Uh, 
Toy Maker would be a cool kind of left field pick, I think, for sure. I wonder which Toy Man they would pick too, because I'm like, I really like the. I think we grew up with the animated series one, because like Zach's creepy. been the yeah fan of the creepy one, the one with the, like the doll face and stuff, and that's really just made up for that show. He's not mm-hmm. that's not how he looks like in the comics. But well, now he's Japanese American, right? There's another one that's Japanese American, but he's more of a like, he's less of a villain. That's true. He kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. They've like flat out helped Superman and Batman in the that like, is true. Arc. So he's that is true. I don't think they'll go over that unless he's like meant to be. He's meant to be that ally, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably going to be some version of uh, of uh, Winslow's shot. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. It'd be cool. It'd be fucking sweet. And then you it get your, you get your toys. You get your toyetic shit. You can sell some toys if kids even fucking play with toys villain. anymore. Different villain from Lex and General Zod. Yeah, That's man. Need. It'd be fun. I, it would be really fun, I think. Uh, last comment comes from Tom Hato or Hato. Uh, sorry this didn't get many views in response to the ranking Gotham cities in live action film and TV. Yeah, I think we kind of got fucked by the algorithm, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Tom says, I thought it's it was okay. A- <laughs> I thought it was an interesting subject. Uh, can't wait to see the animated rankings. I guess we got to do animated rankings of Gotham cities. That'll come at some point. There's just there's so many animated versions. Oh yeah, there's there's a t- well over what thirty probably of that. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Greg or Craig responded. Superhero stuff always deserves more views. Preach. I love the yeah. topics they cover, and it helps that I almost always agree with them. Nice. Thanks, Greg or Craig. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Yeah. Over the shout-outs. All right, everybody. Thank you once again. So uh, we want to thank uh, some of the people that have come more recently. So let's go with, uh, we want to thank um, Maurice D., Jonathan, Robert H., R.D., Decade, W., <laughs> Josh M., <laughs> Benjamin V., uh, Chris F., and Michael S. Also, Thanks, everybody. we have one more who just joined. I just saw this. Oh, shit. Let's get him on the board. Wyatt M. Wyatt M. Another Wyatt. I feel like we've had another, we had a Wyatt before. All right. Thank you, Wyatt M. As well. Um, coming in at the last, uh, the, just before the buzzer. <laughs> <Seriously, yeah. laughs> really. Um, and the rest are on the uh, on the visual here. Uh, check out the board on on YouTube if you're aural. And uh, then, uh, yeah, uh, to get on the board, uh, you want to do the uh, you want to get on our one dollar tier. That's at patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. And uh, that gets you that there shout out. And then, um, and, and or on the board. And then we have the $5 tier, which gets you on the board, plus uh, a whole other show. So this show you're watching right now is every Monday. And then every Friday is a whole other show. Um, deeper dives, deeper discussions, um, things like that. And you can see us advertising it on our social media and stuff. So, you know, you know what we're talking about, even if you don't pay. Uh, but uh, yeah, check that out. Five dollars cancel anytime. Also, ten dollar tier gets you all that other stuff we just said that I just said, but also t- uh, monthly meetup. Uh, so the monthly meetup is you can meet and talk with us in a Zoom like call uh, once a month. And, um, basically we we have a discussion, we have a topic at hand, but also just kind of to chat with everybody in a group setting online. Uh, and then, uh, check out our merch, superhousepod.redbubble.com, superherostuffpod.threadless.com, mugs, shirts, shower curtains, artwork by Stefan Santa Cruz. 
And then, uh, yeah, please send us some audio, superhousepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube. Thunderwolfdrew.com has my whole portfolio except for amanorecon.com. That's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N.com. We have a 17-second teaser already. I'm still editing. Kind of taking a while, I know. But anyway, it's a <laughs> R-rated uh, Power Rangers meets X-Files. Just have that in your head. Horror comedy, not a fan film. It's going to be an Indiegogo thing. What we're editing right now is the Indiegogo pitch video. And uh, Indiegogo is like Kickstarter. So uh, anyway, yeah, this poster is by Zach. That's it for me. Ben. Shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram, as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. You can follow us on social media on Twitter at SuperHousePod. Instagram, Superhero Stuff Pod. TikTok, Superhero Stuff Pod. Vero, Superhero Stuff Pod. My website is benwanwriter.com, where you can read my Gotham script, Gotham Vampire, where young Bruce faces off against the Mad Monk, as well as my spec script for Elementary called The Death of Sherlock Holmes, a modern update on the classic story, The Adventure of the Dying Detective, and Curb Your Enthusiasm, Disneyland. The Curb episode they could never make where Larry goes to Disneyland and doesn't find it to be pretty, 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 <laughs> pretty good. So uh, my YouTube channel is in the description below where you can also check out Doctor Who, The Ronin of Time, an audio drama I write, narrate, and edit in which the eighth Doctor meets Miyamoto Musashi in ancient Japan. Uh, my personal Instagram is Ben Juan Ryder. My son's Instagram, my the other cat, Alfie, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat. The other cat. Yes. Don't take uh, too much umbrage. <laughs> that peanut outshone you in one comment. <laughs> Just one comment, uh, Just Alfie. Just one comment, Alfie, yes. <laughs> the other It's cat. okay, I'll let, him, I'll let him stew in it in the other room. But <laughs> If you want to know what we're talking about, somebody commented, <laughs> I like peanut and the other cat. <laughs> so whether you have cats uh, like peanut or like Alfie, you can get them the whisker box, the only cat box for the crazy cat lady. And Jet. And if you don't have a cat, but you have a dog instead, that's okay, too. You can get the BarkBox, y'all. Give your dog exactly what they want with the BarkBox. Use our promo link. Get yourself $35 off. I mean, sorry. Basically, well, it is actually $35 off. But the first month free, valued at $35 mm-hmm. at yes. SuperheroStuffPod.com slash shop. It has that promo link. It has Whisper Bidets. It has Amazon affiliate links. You can get yourself a Keaton Funko and oh, add nice. to your collection as well as help us out. At the same time. And don't forget, gentlemen, to shave your balls. <laughs> get Manscaped 20% off free shipping using the promo code Johnson's Ballsack at manscaped.com. Johnson's Ballsack. You <laughs> please use that code if you want your dick to seem bigger. <laughs> you know, first impressions are everything, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so uh, please get uh get manscaped you know what i'm saying the performance package for your package johnson's ball sack everybody and want to thank everybody that's already done it because apparently uh people are using the code so that's great uh yep. so yeah let us know um, if that's you let us Even know if that's DM, you you don't have to put it as a public comment that you're shaving your balls it's okay yeah don't don't get weird with it just say say you you bought it with our promo that's all we yeah. want yes <laughs> you know so <laughs> and nothing else so please uh, don't yeah okay um, i guess that's it so uh we want you to do us a favor we want you to tell all your friends about us 
Who are you, man?